This is the Build Wealth Canada podcast, episode number 23. Welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast, where it's all about becoming debt-free, accelerating your wealth, and taking control of your money. Now, here's your host, Cornell Schreiber. Hey, it's Cornell, and welcome to the Build Wealth Canada show. It's definitely great to be back, and you know, thanks for your patience as well. I know it's been a while since I published the last episode, and you know, to be honest, I really just needed a few months off to recharge the batteries. As as you can imagine, these episodes take up a lot of time to produce, and basically, you know, with a full time job managing a software company, you know, which has been growing and keeping me really busy as well. You know, plus learning how to be a dad for a first time too. Uh, I was just getting really, really burnt out. So you know, things have really stabilized since then, and really to help ensure that it doesn't happen again, I'm actually in the process of hiring an assistant that's dedicated specifically to Build Wealth Canada. So they can help with the administrative parts of the show so that I can basically focus on bringing great guests on and producing high quality content for you and releasing that content on a more you know, consistent basis. All right. So anyways, thanks for sticking around. There's a lot of great content coming up. Uh, this next one is more so on the entrepreneurial front, on the you know, freelancing front, or if you want to be a professional blogger, for example, this is what this uh, episode is more so about. And then our future episodes, Some of the ones we have in the pipeline are going to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk a bit more about investing as well, as I know that's a pretty big area of interest too for Canadians. All right, so to kick things off, uh, I finally, finally finished the free step-by-step video course on how to start your own business here in Canada and how to build your own website for that business. And basically, this course is different than what you might have already seen out there online uh, that, you know, built by Americans, basically, uh, because this one is specifically for Canadians, uh, which is important because, I mean, Canada has its own sets of rules, its own uh, kind of, you know, regulations and what you need to know about starting a business. And, you know, we're actually really fortunate in that it's really easy to actually start kind of a side hustle in Canada, a lot easier than some of the other uh, people in other countries that I've spoken to. So, you know, definitely something of interest. And, you know, also, if you do want to have a Canadian side business, then you also want that .ca domain name, which can really help you with, uh, you know, the service results and there's a sort of a specific way uh, to get it and you know it's only really available for Canadians as well so I show you in the video it's a step-by-step video guide on how you can actually get that so you can show up higher in those search results you know if you're dealing with a lot of Canadian clients for example Um, you know also what's particularly neat about the course is that I did actually build it for a real live business Um, so this is actually you know I, I built the site from scratch for a business that's actually fully functioning the site's up there right now you know so this isn't some hypothetical kind of imaginary business that I'm building a website for. You actually get to see how I built it step by step while I explain what I'm doing so that you can actually follow along and build your own site with me. So I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty neat. All right, and I really haven't seen an in-depth guide like this out there um, for somebody that actually takes you through the whole process from beginning to end. So I'm sure you'll find it really, really valuable, whether you know you want to earn income on the side by being a freelancer, or maybe you want to be a contractor of some sort, or you know, or an online entrepreneur, or maybe an author, or even if you know you're not in that entrepreneurial, uh, you don't have those entrepreneurial ambitions, but maybe you would like to have uh, you know, just a site for yourself, for your portfolio, so that if you're ever looking for another job or, you know, if you want to be contacted by headhunters, let's say, you know, and, and people are, if, if they're looking for someone to hire, well, your site's up there, it has you, it has your portfolio, has your credentials so that people can find you easier, you know, and, and really help you, you know, maybe get that promotion or help you get a new job, you know, so it's it's definitely good, I think, to have your own site anyway, um, just to sort of show off your your skills and, and your portfolio. So, you know, whether you're entrepreneurial or not, I think this, this can be, you know, a lot of help to you. Uh, and like I think, 
like I said before, the guide is totally free. You don't even have to, you know, give me your email to get it or anything like that. Um, and you can basically get the full the full course over at buildwealthcanada.ca/business. Or if you want just the site components, or just to learn how to build a site, then go to buildwealthcanada.ca/build. All right, so buildwealthcanada.ca/business. If you want to learn everything step by step from starting your own business, or if you just want the site component, it's buildwealthcanada.ca/build. All right, so go. Uh, hope you know, check that out if you're interested. I'm sure you'll love it. And now let's get into the show. So you know, my guest today is Miranda Marquette, who is basically at the top of the heap when it comes to being a freelance writer. Writer and a professional blogger. She's the author of her book called Confessions of a Professional Blogger, which I've read and really enjoyed. And she has basically achieved what bloggers and writers just starting off are hoping to achieve. So I thought it would be great to get her on the show and really to give you some advice to you know aspiring freelancers and aspiring bloggers. Miranda's also really honest, so it's actually really great to hear someone tell it like it is instead of hearing some of those fairy some of that fairy tale advice you might have heard from other people, you know, saying, Oh, it's just easy, it you know, barely takes any time, you know. So Miranda kind of, uh, uh, you know, gives you sort of the truth, the cold hard truth about kind of what's involved and sort of if you want to get to that level, you know, how you can, how you can do it. All right. So here are some great tips for you from Miranda Marquette. All right, guys. So we did have a couple audio issues with uh, some of the questions. And so what I did is actually re-recorded some of the questions I asked Miranda just so that you could hear it more clearly because I think we're getting a bit of a little disruption in our internet connection. So um, when you hear my voice sounding a bit different through different parts of the video, that's why it's just me re-recording it. So uh, the first question, actually, I didn't come out ask as clearly because of that. So uh, basically, the question was, Miranda, you've already reached a level that a lot of writers, bloggers, and freelancers wish that they could get to. Uh, you basically get to earn a great income while working from home or, or beach or wherever you want, you get to set your own hours too and you have the time flexibility that you get to work on what you want, when you want. Can you tell us a bit more about your story and how you got to that level? Yeah, so um, so, <laughs> so I became a writer. I wanted to be able to work from home and kind of do my own thing. And so I got my degree in journalism and then decided that I was going to look online and try and work online. And that's sort of how things snowballed. I started doing keyword articles online. It was, this was back in 2005. This was 10 years ago. This is my 10th year as an online writer. And yeah. And, uh, so I started out doing these keyword articles for just random things because search was new. Online writing was new. Everything about this whole online marketing thing was new. And so that's what I started out doing. But then blogs started taking off and and things started to shift and content started to become more concrete. And then from there, I just started just getting more and more gigs. And since I was sort of in there at the beginning, it was I was just kind of a natural presence already. So it kind of worked that way. And part of it was just you know, this is what I wanted to do, and I knew I wanted to do it, and I wanted to make it happen, and so that's what I did. I started getting online and looking for online jobs, and, you know, no job was too crappy, and no keyword article was, you know, too awful to do, so here I am now. Yeah, that's great, and so the you're kind of in a different scenario because I think a lot of people, when they think of being a, let's say, a professional blogger, or what comes to mind is some of these, you know, big time bloggers that are, you know, pretty famous at this point and they have their own blog and they bring in a lot of traffic 
they're probably making money off affiliate income or advertising or both, right? And and that's kind of I think for the, for most of us that's sort of the image when we think of someone like yourself that oh, you're a blogger, you're a full time professional blogger. But in your case, you're actually doing uh, something. Different, where you're more so of a freelance writer, where you still have your own site, you still have your own blog, but it sounds like most of your income actually comes from being a freelance writer and writing for these other sort of big time blogs and, and and different locations. Can you maybe talk a little bit about sort of those differences between those two options? Yeah, that's right. So most of my income does come from writing for other people and providing content to other blogs, and the big difference is. One, one of the things you find when you start realizing that you're writing for other people is you actually get paid sooner. <laughs> you, right. you get used to having this money that comes because you do the job and then they pay you. When you have your own blog, you really have to build it up. You have to put a lot of work into it and then you have to wait. And sometimes you get the traffic yeah. and sometimes you don't. You have to worry about, you have to worry about whether or not the AdSense is doing well this month, whether or not you're making your affiliate income so that they don't cut you off from the affiliate program. There's a lot of things to worry about. Plus, you have to run the back end. So when you're writing for somebody else, it's it's different. You, you pretty much provide the content, you do a little bit of the promotion, and then they pay you for it. And that's one of the things with my situation is since I actually, I didn't actually start my own blog until about three and a half, four years ago. So I didn't have my own blog for several years at the time I was doing this freelancing thing. And one of the reasons why it was, it's been hard for me to keep moving with my own blog is because I'm so used to getting paid. Right. But, but on the other <laughs> hand, when you do have your own blog and you are making money on your own blog, your income potential is much higher. So you have a bigger potential for income. It's not capped. Whereas with with mine, mine is capped according to how much – the client is paying me for my article and how many articles that, that they're paying for, right? Mm-hmm. So I can't really, con- you know, to a certain, I mean, I can control, like I can say, well, I want more work, I'll take on more clients, or I want to cut back on clients, I want to raise my rates. I can do kind of that stuff mm-hmm. to adjust my income or adjust my work schedule, but there's there's always that certain cap on what I can make. Whereas with your own site, when you're getting your income from your own site, the more you put into it, the greater your potential. But at the same time, there's also that risk there. For sure. You, for know, sure. you may not ever make anything off of your own site. Exactly. And uh, yeah, it really takes, uh, it can really take a long time to just, you know, to get the traffic, to get the audience and all that. Versus in your case, I mean, if you're writing for a newspaper or magazine, you know, some, some online source that already gets a lot of traffic, uh, you know, they already have that traffic. You don't have to really worry about that. So, um, yeah, for sure. And I guess it's also a good choice is if, if you're, goal is to be a writer like it sounds like with you you, you know your passion is writing right yeah you, know, you, you consider yourself a writer first and a blogger probably second right yeah yeah so in those cases it seems like the, the being a freelance writer can be more of a fit if that's kind of your ultimate end goal because that you know you want to be a writer versus if you want to be a, a business person that has their own blog and maybe sells products on there and, and has affiliates you know that right. kind of thing you know that so i think that's kind of a different person with different objectives so it's not like one's better than the other i think it's more what is it you're ultimately looking to achieve yeah right what fits you what's gonna work best in in your idea of what you want to have happen 
Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so that's really neat. And and yeah, we had another really, uh, we have a really popular where we had a freelancing expert on as well. And yeah, that's one of the things he was saying was you really have to, you know, the, the money comes a lot quicker, whereas it could be, you know, six months, it could be a year, it could be several years before you see any money if you're trying to build your own blog or, or any significant money where, you know, whereas if you start freelancing, you could go full time, I would think pretty quickly um, if you're able to get some of those clients. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So is is the process different uh, depending on which route you take? So when you're if someone's just starting off, you know, they're they're debating between the, taking the the blogger kind of route or the sort of freelance route. And you know, are, are things different? Are there different things they should really consider between the two? Well, yeah. Just I guess. Well, and part of the thing though too is some of the things I would change is some of the things I've learned and some of the things that have changed about the the landscape since I started is that I would have, I would have started my own blog much sooner in my own uh, idea, because really as a writer, as an online writer, as a freelance writer, you do need to have a home on the web. You just do now. It's just the right. way it is. I, I was fortunate in the time that I started that that wasn't as necessary, but now it really is. So whether you're trying to build up your own blog and make revenue from your own blog and turn your own blog into a business or whether you're just looking to find other clients to be most of your business, you still need to have a home on the web. So that's definitely what you need to do. And you need to make sure that you have some good uh, examples of what you can do and you need to make sure people can find you and know how to contact you. So that's something right. that's the same either way. You'll, you need to build up your home on the web. But for the most part, when it comes to, well, and actually there are a lot of similarities anyway, because you still want to build your network, you still need to build your reputation, because having your own website and building up your own business as a blogger uh, and, and just building your own business around your own blog, you still need to have a good reputation. Right. You still need to bring people. You still need to meet people and build those relationships with people if you're going to be successful. And it's the same thing with the freelancing. You need to have a good reputation or nobody will hire you. You need to build relationships with people so that you can find clients and so that you get good word of mouth. And you need to be able to build around that. So in a lot of ways, a lot of it's the same. The difference, I think, comes into how much focus you put on it. So if it comes down to a choice for me, if it comes down to a choice between doing client work and writing something for my own blog, I'm going to do the client work because that's what pays me. So it kind of depends on where you're putting your time. And so sometimes that kind of <laughs> makes me feel sad because I'm like, well, I'm not investing in my own self as much as I you know, could be. But at the same time, I do need to do that client work and get the money. So a lot of it comes down to what your site's going to look like as well. You know, and if you look at my site, yeah, I've got some ads and I've got a little bit of affiliate stuff going on, but I'm not selling a product. I'm not selling anything in particular, really. I just have a couple things that you can click on. And so my site looks, the way you set up your site is probably going to look different. My site's set up to say, here I am and look at me because you want to hire me. Whereas, exactly. <laughs> whereas if you're setting up a site as the blog is your business, you're going to have it set up a little bit differently. When you're deciding what to write either for your own blog or for a freelancing client, how do you decide what to write so that you don't spend hours writing an article and then nobody actually cares about the subject that you're writing about and therefore nobody actually reads or, or shares your article? That's a terrible question to ask me because <laughs> I just sort of put out there what I think is interesting and then we see what happens. <laughs> no. When I'm writing for my own when I'm writing for my own blogs, I pretty much 
think about, well, what sort of issues am I facing? What sort of issues did I face in the past? And one of the things, especially on my freelance writing website, a lot of the content that I write comes from questions people have asked me. So what are things that people want to know? What are things that people have emailed me and said, can you tell me how to do this? Or can you tell me about this? Or can you tell me the difference here? And so a lot of that comes from people who have asked me questions. And I started a really sad, low production values sort of video series with a little freelance tidbits that's on YouTube. Nobody watches it because I haven't promoted it at all. But, um, but, well, thanks. But that whole, that whole series, that whole series is entirely based on reader questions that I've gotten in emails. People who have like said, I have this question. And usually I answer them back with something really quick, but then I'm like, well, yeah, even though I've sent them back an email that gave an answer, I'm like, well, maybe other people have this and, you know, I'll just make a video series out of it. So I did. And so I've been working on that. So a lot of my content just comes from things that people have asked me and what they want to know, or it comes from what I'm going through at the time. Um, I find like with finances and with this writing stuff and even just your like regular life, when you're facing these issues, a lot of other people kind of have that fellow feeling. And so if you could say, well, this is how I'm dealing with it, it can help. So that's how I do a lot of my personal stuff. What is the YouTube channel where you posted all the videos? Oh, it's just, if you search Miranda Marquette YouTube, you can find it. I have my own channel. Okay. <laughs> so Sounds good. I, I'm, I'm sure there's some special YouTube link, I guess. I can send it to you. <laughs> How do you determine what to charge? Should you charge hourly or per project? And how do you figure this out? I can see this being really challenging as some people will charge next to nothing for their content while someone like you charges a premium because of the higher quality of the content that you're generating. Yeah, so that's really hard because once again, you have to start with the going market rate and the going market rate in online freelancing right now is just hugely wide. I mean, like you said, you can you can find people that'll write a 500 word post or article for $2 and 50 cents. And then of course there are people who will charge a thousand dollars for that same right. 500 word article. Exactly. So it's really the wild west right now, but you kind of need to start with, well, what is the going market rate and do a little research and say, well, you know, look at the job board, see, and you'll find that for a lot of freelance writers right now, you'll, you probably can expect to pay anywhere between 25 and $200 per article to just sort of narrow it down just a little bit. That's still a pretty right, wide right. range, still a pretty wide range. <laughs> but you know, you can narrow it down a little bit, but some yeah. of the factors that come into play when you're, when you're setting your rates, uh, they sort of depend on, you know, first of all, your own experience and your own reputation and where you stand. So part of that goes into there. Um, like if you're an expert on the subject, if you if you've got some sort of professional background. So, I don't have a financial credential, you know, I'm not a financial planner, I don't have an MBA, I don't have, you know, those kinds of credentials, but I've been in this space for like 9 years. Right. So so uh so I have that. Or, you know, somebody who decides to write science stuff like Neil deGrasse Tyson if he goes to write a science article, he's going to get paid way more than I am for writing a science article. I started out as a science writer. That first year I was freelancing, it was mostly science-y stuff before I moved into finances. Mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, so he's, he's going to get paid more because he has that credential. So you have to look at your own background and your own credentials. Uh, you also need to look at your own abilities and the quality of your writing. 
like you mentioned, it is possible to go on a site and find somebody who's going to do the same thing for five bucks. And you know what? If you want to pay five bucks and do it, that's cool. But <laughs> the quality may not be that great. So you have to think about that. You have to say, well, what are my credentials? What is my experience? What is the quality that I can offer? And and part of the credentials, too, even though I'm not a financial person, I have a journalism background. So I can say, well, you know, I've been trained as a journalist. And in some mm-hmm. cases, they're like, oh, that's a nice credential. You know, that that at least, you know, you've had this sort of training in this type of writing. So that's at least worth a little bit of a premium as opposed mm-hmm. to somebody who's just like, hey, I like to write. It's <laughs> a terrible thing I write to say. all the time, right. so I must know how to write. And it's a terrible thing to say because it sounds really snooty. But at the same time, you have to say, well, you know, what is something that I have that sets me apart? Right. And when I first started out as on in the online writing space, having that journalism background really set me apart. It doesn't set me apart very much now because more and more journalists are moving to online space, and it's becoming more of an independent type thing as the as the print world changes. But when I first started out, that was a that was a selling point. You need to look and say, well, what is my selling point? What sets me apart? And that I can say, well, I can ask more because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So the other thing to think about, too, is, you know, how much research and how much work has to go into this. So I charge more for articles that require me to interview somebody or that require me to do, like, primary research. Like, if I have to go and look into the National Bureau of Economic Research and pull out papers and go through these papers – and like, right. look at the data. I will charge more for that because I have to do more research. So that that goes into it too. So there are lots of there are lots of things that go into setting your rates. As a writer, I prefer to get paid by the like by the article. Mm-hmm. So I figure out how much I think I should be paid for an article, depending on. And I've got it broken out too. Um, you know, this is how much you're, this is roughly how much you're going to pay for a basic article. This is roughly how much you're going to pay if I have to do research or interview a primary source, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, and then, it's this really intricate process and I wish I could be like, here's how to do it. But right, right. It's, and I'm sure there's a lot of experimentation that happens yes. as well. It's not like you knew exactly, you know, how much to charge. And when you have all these different variables, like, oh, I have to interview someone. Right. Oh, plus I have to pull some stats and do some research. Oh, then it's obviously going to be X amount more. So you're saying, right. you know, you don't really know right away. So do you have like a set where you say, okay, so roughly – Day to day, I make X per hour when I'm writing. Even though I'm getting paid per article, I make X per hour of work. So if it takes me, let's say, an extra hours because I have to interview someone, I have to prepare the questions, I have to then edit it, all of that, let's say, um, you know, then do you sort of apply that rate to uh, to that extra amount, and that's how you come up with your rate, or do you just sort of ballpark it and see what happens? Yeah. Or something so, so yeah, so part of it has to do with that. Part of that is. I am sort of to the point where I'm like, well, this is my average hourly cost because this is how long it takes me to produce an article and this is how much right. I want to make per hour. So and this is how much I would get paid mm-hmm. elsewhere. So kind of, I know that I'm worth this much basically yeah, as well, right? So yeah, so there's, there's some element to that. And then part of that, some of the element is just <laughs> – so Tom Drake from Canadian Finance Blog is my business partner, and he told me a couple of years ago, he said, uh, add $50 – to the next client, right? (laughs) So right now my way of setting rates is basically when somebody new asks me for my rate, I add Mm -hmm. whatever, 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, whatever to the, to to what the last client paid and then see what they Mm -hmm. say. 
okay. <laughs> so, so you can yeah. kind of increment it up that way too and just be mm-hmm. like, so if, if somebody – To find that ceiling right, at least yeah, for now. Right, yeah, you can find that ceiling I, for now. And if you, know, if you have too many people saying no, then you're like, well, then maybe it's – Maybe I just need to add twenty five dollars to my, you know, rate or or whatever. So you can kind of step it back. So part mm-hmm. of it is a lot of it is adjusting things because you'll also get different things depending on who's doing the asking. A, a major brand will pay you more than an independent blogger, right. for instance. So I I can't charge an independent blogger that I'm doing staff writing for at the same rate that I charge a major blo- a major brand that I'm doing writing for. Because the, the independent blogger can't afford that. So right. then you have to decide, well, where do I want to focus my clients? What, you know, how do I want to do that? I mean, I built my reputation with independent bloggers, but mm-hmm. I've shifted more now to larger brands. I do more of my writing for larger brands now than independent bloggers. So it's kind of moved. Right. And has, has it moved because, well, they, they pay more, right? But it's hard to get into that to sort of get into that circle right away. So would you say that you've, you've kind of build your way up to get to that level where, you know, you start off at maybe some of these smaller, um, less well-known brands or, or some small t- smaller time financial bloggers, let's say, and then you build up your reputation, you get some good testimonials, your portfolio is getting built up, and then you basically get on that next sort of uh, get to that next level once you've uh, you know, you, you've played around in that one sandbox. You sort of get into that next one. Where, okay, now I'm ready to escalate because you know I've I've, I've I have that bread and that reputation. I have that portfolio. I can charge more now after these harder clients. Right, exactly. And that's really mm-hmm. how it works. It's just building that reputation, getting to know people, doing some networking, and just being involved in your community. Because the other thing you have to consider when setting your rates is: Am I doing general purpose writing, or am I in a niche? Right. And when you're doing general purpose writing and you're like, well, I'm a utilitarian writer, you you might have more work and you might be able to do more things because you'll have uh, more more breadth, but you may not get paid as much. So when but when you're in a niche and you're well known in your niche, then you have that reputation and you can actually charge more for that. So in the personal finance niche, I charge more um, and I'm a very niche writer. And when the personal finance niche implodes, I am in so much trouble. But, <laughs> but, um, and that's part of one of the reasons moving to brands. But um, when you have that niche, then you can say, well, I'm a specialist, and specialists get paid more. Mm-hmm. And so that's the other thing. So I'm like, well, I have a niche. I kind of went this way. I went to, I went into the financial niche and, and I get paid more because I'm a specialist in this niche. So even though I'm not like a money expert, I am an expert on writing about money. So, right. right? So I don't have those credentials that say, hey, I've got this MBA, I'm a financial planner, whatever. I don't have those credentials, but I'm an expert at writing about money. I know this subject. I know what to write about and how to write about it. And so that kind of brings you a premium as well. For somebody that wants to get into this but doesn't have any sort of credentials like from a fancy college, for example, maybe they didn't study journalism in school and aren't sure how to really set themselves apart, would one way to do that be to guest post on other people's sites so that they are basically building their portfolio of work and building their credibility as an expert in the field? Yeah, that can definitely help. I think before you can go guest posting, though, you do need to lay groundwork because more and more guest posting is – in the early days, like 
seven, eight years ago, guest posting was like the wild, wild west, right? You just, you're like, hey, let's exchange guest posts. And pretty much anybody you talk to would be like, yes, let's exchange guest posts. Now it's different. (laughs) You know, people are like, this blog is my identity. This is who I am. We need to vet these people. We need to be careful. And so you can't just go and be a guest post anywhere. So what you need to do is lay the groundwork. First of all, your best off, if you're like, well, I want to be in this niche or I want to cover this niche or I want to be in charge of this the subject, you your blog needs to reflect that. Mm-hmm. So because once again, in today's world, I really think that you need to have your own home on the web. You need to have your own blog, your own site, mm-hmm. whether you're going to go and be a freelancer or not. I mean, this is why I, I finally decided to start my own blog and become and get my own homes going on the web because I'm like, well, I need to actually have a home on the web if I'm going to do this. And so that's what you need to start out with is you need to start out with your, your home on the web. And you need to say, well, if I'm going to do this and if I'm going to, uh, uh, sorry. Okay. So, um, if I'm going to do this and I'm still going to be on there, then, you know, I can build through, you can build your reputation on your own blog. So that's where you start. You start there, build up your thoughts on that. If you write some really well researched, cogent things for your blog, then that's a good thing you can point to. Mm-hmm. So once you, once you have a few posts about that subject there, then you go out and you interact with people in that niche. Right. You interact with people about that subject. So in my case, I went out and interacted with people about money. I visited their blogs. I left comments on their blogs. Things are a little bit different now. You know, now you would follow them on Twitter and at them or something or or follow their Facebook page. Right. And engage on their Facebook page. You don't want to stalk. I mean, you have to draw that line and say, right? You have to say, right. you don't want to like pester them all the time. But you have to get out there and get involved. So one of the reasons that, and you have to go where they are online, right? So back in the day when I started started out, one of the places that a lot of uh, people in the finance world were, they were on this website called Tipped, and it was a social media, social bookmarking site that focused on business and finance. And so okay. I was there, I was active, I was voting on other people's things, I was submitting things, and I was active. And then also I was leaving comments on other people's blogs, right? So then you kind of get your name out there and build these connections. And nowadays, there are, you know, you, you can go and you can follow somebody's Facebook page and make comments. You can retweet, you know, you follow them on Twitter and retweet some of their stuff. So there are things that you can do to engage. And so you start engaging. And one of the other things you can do now is meet people in person. It's really, it's, it's a wild, wild world now because back 10 years ago, the whole point of the Internet was like you never have to meet anybody in person, right? If you're working online and you're an online writer, the whole beauty of the Internet was you didn't have to actually meet anyone. Right. <laughs> but now, as as we've developed and these online communities are even greater, we have this desire. We're humans. We're social. We're social animals. And we're like, we want to connect with them on this personal level that involves meeting them in person. Right. So so that's what you do. And every major city has meetup groups. 
and you can find them. You can find bloggers in your niche and get to know them. So there's a lot of groundwork laying that goes in before you can start asking for blog posts and right. guest, I mean, guest posts. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff you have to do. And so you lay this groundwork and you have something to show them to say, hey, yes, you know, I am a person who can comment about this in a cogent manner and I can write I have good spelling. And that's the other thing. Make sure you clean up your spelling and your grammar and your punctuation. Clean it all up. Make sure you're doing that properly because that makes an impression. If somebody comes to your website, and yeah, you're always going to have typos. You're always going to misspell something. I have stuff that I misspell or I have a typo or I leave a word out. Everybody has that on occasion. But if your site is riddled with them, they're going to look at it and say, yeah, no, I don't want this blog post. Right. You know, I don't want this person guest posting on my blog. So you got to build the connections. So you got to so you have to establish your foundation and say, look, I've got a blog about this and I can comment intelligently about this. And when I'm on social media, I comment intelligently about this. And now I'm engaging you and we are engaged and we have this bond. And now I can ask if I can do a guest post. Right, right. Yeah, and I can see too if if you're you have your own blog and you're you publish a really good article and there are a few really good articles and those are getting shared, they're getting spread around. Maybe somebody uh, features it. Let's say, um, like I know we were, uh, I was featured on an article and then uh, Yahoo Finance Canada picked right. it up, right? So you know, so you get like these kind of things happen to you. Um, where someone else picks it up, uh, and then it, it obviously it, that increases your credibility a lot as well because now they see, oh, okay, well, you know, if it's good enough for Yahoo or, or you know whoever or, or Wall Street or whoever it is that that's a kind of a time uh, you know place, then that I can see that really kind of opening some doors for you as well. Right? Yeah. So you do. You just you just need to keep working on that. But I really think the relationships are the most important mm-hmm. things. Yeah. You can't anymore. You can't just go cold and be like, hey, <laughs> we, you know, we should, uh, you should take my guest post. You can't. You have to have a relationship because people want mm-hmm. to know you before they yeah. put your words and have you help represent them. That's a great tip. Yeah, because I can see how some people might get discouraged where they try this. They reach out to a few blogs and they they don't even get a response back through email or however, right? And then they get frustrated and think, okay, this this is working. This sucks. I, you know, I just got rejected by like ten different blogs. This is you know, but then you've never interacted with them before. They don't right. know who you are. You've never met them. So that, I can see that being like you said, to lay the groundwork first instead of just asking right away. Right, and that's the thing is, so many people now get emails. We're all un, we're all inundated by emails mm-hmm. from people wanting something. I yeah. I mean, I, I get, I don't even know, I can't even count how many emails I get per day from people yeah, wanting eventually me. Stop counting. Yeah. Right, yeah. They want me to <laughs> review this thing. They want me to post this thing. They want me to talk about this thing. And then the press releases and the PR people and your inbox is just full. And you can't, I mean, you'd like to. I mean, I would like to. I would like to sit down and write a nice, polite I'm sorry, I don't know you, let's get to know each other better, and then maybe I'll think about it type letter right. to everybody who sends me something, but I can't. I don't have hours in the day. Right, exactly. I mean, I would spend all my time, I would spend all of my time answering these emails if I wrote a nice, polite rejection or a nice, polite, well, let's get to know each other and then try again to <laughs> everybody. I, I would just, it would. It would take up all my time, and then I wouldn't make any money, and my son would starve, and we'd be out on the street. So... 
I just, and you have to remember that. You have to put yourself in the shoes of somebody who you're approaching and saying, well, if they don't know you, but if I get something from somebody, I'm like, oh, yes, I remember meeting this person at a conference. Oh, oh yes, we were at that same meetup. Or, oh, yes, I've seen this person around the Internet. They follow, they, they added me on Twitter and, you know, they, they retweeted this article of mine and had a nice little comment or something like that. You know, I could say, oh, yeah, I recognize that person. Right. Uh, otherwise, it's just, it is, it's just, we're all inundated with all of this email and we can't, yeah. I mean, it'd be nice, but we can't. So I wanted to ask you about um, one of the things I, I picked up in your book. You said how at this point you're basically now able to charge about 10 times more than you did when you initially started. And I thought that's an interesting subject to talk about because I could see how if someone's just starting out and they're saying, oh, well, I spent all this time on this article and I'm only getting paid $20, you know, this, this isn't a good use of my time. And, you know, they get frustrated because, you know, they, you, don't, you don't get to those, you know, $500 article or, or higher kind of level overnight, right? So how, you know, how long did it take you to get to that level where, you know, you're able to, to, to really, you know, make some significant money there? And, and how, what do you think made it that allowed you to do that? Yeah, so um, the first three to four years that I don't have an exact timeline because it all starts to get fuzzy right as it goes farther back. But um, <laughs> but no, for the first three to four years, yeah, I, I didn't make a whole lot. And it was I was kind of in that boat where I'm like, really? Come on. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's part of it. So it does. It takes time, and you're not going to just be able to snap your fingers, and there is no magical solution to, to fixing this. You just right. you just have to keep going. And so part of it was so for the first three to four years, yeah, I didn't get paid that much. And I would just, you know, I would keep trying to charge a little bit more. And as you build your portfolio and as you have more things you can point to and as you're as a writer, as you keep writing, you get better. Right. I mean, you just do. The, the practice helps you improve. And, and you start building a following right. as well. And yeah. And as that starts to happen and you start to gain momentum, then you can start charging a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I didn't get to that point. You know, so for the first three or four years, it was a lot of just toiling and just why, why? And but, you know, just keeping and sticking with it and, and just doing what I could. And and then after three or four years, I started saying, well, you know, people started and say, instead of coming to me and saying, uh, this is what we will pay you. And instead of me having to just apply for just jobs that are like, this is what we will pay you. People started coming to me and saying, how much do you charge? Right. But it did. It took three or four years to get to that point. And to have people actually contact you right. as opposed to you now having to go out there and say, hey, look what I can do. Right. Hire me. Right. Like right. Just to, to be able to switch it, switch it over like that. Yeah. And it did. It took yeah. three or four years. To, to even get to the point where, where some people were doing that. Right. It was probably, oh, around the six-year or so mark, six- or seven-year mark, mm -hmm. uh, before I actually got to the point where I didn't have to, it was, yeah, probably around six years or so, mm -hmm. where I got to the point where I didn't have to actually apply for jobs anymore. Right. And people just came to me first, and they asked me about, you know, what I could do, what I was available for mm -hmm. and uh, all of that kind of stuff. So it, it did. It took it took a few years uh, mm -hmm. to get to that point. So, yeah, it was probably about six years before I could really start upping my rates and really start saying, you know, this is what I charge. 
you know, I'm willing to bend a little bit on the price and we can have a little bit of a negotiation, but don't negotiate with me too far because I can walk away. Right. But right. it did. It took it took probably about six years to get to that mm-hmm. point. So so that's the thing is and so many people today, they hear these overnight success stories. Yeah. And, you know, what's that saying? I, I don't remember but exactly, but there's that saying that says, you know, that overnight success was, you know, preceded by years of hard work, right? Exactly. To, it, it, to, to the onlooker, it looks like it was over an overnight success, but that, that person probably been working at this for an extremely long right. amount of time, building those skills, building a lot to get to that level. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, and, and that's and that's the thing. So... So and a lot of people used to be like, oh, well, I see your name everywhere. How did you, you know, I want I want to be that. And I'm like, well, OK, I'll see you in six years. You know? <laughs> exactly. it's, like, it's like I didn't wake up one morning and all of a yeah, sudden, yeah. Uh, you know, I was critical mass in the personal finance world. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so that's the thing is it does. It requires, you know, the desire to just keep going and plugging away. And and now it is a little bit easier to get to that point a little bit sooner if you can go out and once again it's about those relationships and meeting people and and building relationships with people and and just getting out there well and that's the thing is uh, there's so much out there now that it's like yeah you can write this amazing wonderful thing and you can be the greatest writer in the world but people aren't just going to show up there which is why you know i kind of joke about my my YouTube thing because like nobody knows it's there, but I haven't done anything to like promote it. I haven't gone out there to be like, Hey, look at what I have. This is, this is pretty much right here with you right now. It's pretty much the first time I've been like, Hey, look at what I have. So (laughs) we're trying to get you some views on that YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing. So, so you do, you have to, you kind of have to, it, and it's really for a lot of writers who, a lot of us tend to kind of be a little bit introverted and we tend to not want to, you know, go out there and say, look at me, look at me. Um, right. That's yeah. hard. It's hard to have to like go out and say, I am going to go put this on social media and I am going to try and promote this and I'm going to ask other people to help me with this. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. And I still have, I still struggle. I still struggle with that. I still have a hard time with that aspect of it. Miranda, once you have, let's say, your content out there, I mean, speaking of promoting it, once you have your content out there, let's say you've, you know, you've made a, you wrote a really great article and you think this could sort of be the, uh, maybe gets you some contracts in the future, some, some freelance gigs, what do you, what's working well for you these days in terms of how you promote your, your content and your work? Yeah, I'm terrible. Uh, <laughs> I am the worst. I still don't really. The best I can do is be like, "Hey, I'm gonna tweet this out." Like, you seem for pretty, three days. Pretty Twitter savvy. You seem pretty Twitter. <laughs> and the sad thing is, is sad thing is, is, I'm not even the one tweeting them out anymore. I have a VA who does it for me. Uh, but it, I just but, them, I'm like, wow, Miranda's really on her game. This but, is. But to, but to, to my, you know. To my defense, it is my sister. Okay. And okay. so she knows me really well. <laughs> right. So she does a really good job of like, this is Miranda. <laughs> but no, a lot of it. And I do tell her like, I do give her like, here's what I want promoted specifically. Here are some of the hashtags I want to use. Uh, right. That kind of thing. So there's that. And then I do make I do make an effort. So even though she's the one who does the tweeting and the scheduling and looking at that stuff, I do make an effort to go back and say, well, who is who is sending me ads, who is sending me direct messages and getting back to them. Mm -hmm. So I do I do make an effort to go through and do that. 
and, uh, you know, engage. So I, I do kind of have that. It's sort of this hybrid thing where I don't have it turned over completely to somebody else. Mm-hmm. But um, I do have her help me manage it because social media is just it, it can suck up your time. Oh, it yeah. just it just sucks it away. <clears throat> but really, a lot of it just has to do with uh, comes down to uh, writing with my voice on my personal things and, you know, letting people kind of get to know me a little bit and being willing to kind of engage. But, yeah, I don't do a whole lot of going out there and uh, a lot of promotion. And I don't go out there and say I don't I don't write something and say, oh, I'm going to make this viral. Right. You know, if you read my headlines, they're all very boring. And <laughs> there's there's no BuzzFeed headlines here for Miranda. It's just because I don't. I don't write anything with the intention of, oh, this is going to go viral. I write it with the intention of this is what I feel and this is what I think will be useful. Right. Uh, and that's my own personal things. And then, of course, when you're writing for somebody else, it's their job, right? <laughs> like your client is like, unless they're paying you specifically for promotion, which should be something that's different. As as a freelance writer writing for somebody else, you're like, okay, yes, I will tweet this. Yes, I will post it on Facebook that I've written this thing. And I, yes, I will make sure that, you know, I, on my author page or whatever, I will point to your website that says this is where I write. Right. You can do that. But don't let them say, oh, well, you need to, you know, go into a full-blown promotion campaign for each post you write for me. Right, right. Don't, that's, that's separate. Okay, so promotion and writing are two separate things. And while as a freelance writer, you do need to say, yes, there's some aspect of promotion that I need to do. And it does make sense as a writer to be like, oh, yes, look at this thing I wrote for somebody else. That makes mm-hmm. sense because you do because that does help you as well. Going right. out there and trying to make them go viral, that's not your job. Right. That's that's their promotion person's job. That's their marketing job. Mm-hmm. And so as so make sure that you kind of, you know, draw that line there. It's somebody else's job to make it go viral, which is why I'm a terrible person to ask about promotion. Right. <laughs> because <laughs> for the most part, I'm writing for other people and it's their, you know, they have marketing departments and they have promotion people. And it's the other person, you know, if they've given me an article that they want written and I write that article for them, it's their job to make it right. promoted. So. Right, and I can see that being a, a kind of a mistake where somebody's just starting off, they're getting paid, let's say, five bucks or something to write an article, right. and then the comes back and says, oh, okay, now I need you to promote it using these means, right? right? And then, so now you're, you know, they expect you to spend hours promoting it afterwards, right? So, um, although I remember in your book, you did mention how the whole promotion thing is something that you can't actually work into your agreement with them to actually increase your rates as well. So if you have like a really, like, you have a really good Twitter following, right? Right, yeah. So you can actually use that as a leverage point to say, look, I will tweet it out, I will do this. But, you know, but to do that, it actually costs you know, extra, right? Because now they're basically getting people, you're bringing them an audience as well. Right. Um, so I thought that was a really neat, neat tactic. If you are good at social media, if you have a big following, you can leverage that as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. You can definitely use it as a, as a value-add kind of proposition. Yeah. And Especially if you're in that specialist in that niche, right? right. Like in your case, you're personal finance, so... so Writing personal finance, I mean, it's very valuable for them, for you to promote it, you know, put it on your blog, link to it, all that, because you already have a following as well. Right. Um, so it's a really natural fit. I, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, as, as you know, but still, yeah, I just, I have a hard time with those promotion things, and so it's really not something that's in my wheelhouse. It's not <laughs> something that I really do. 
Right. Well, you're you're a writer first and foremost. Right. Exactly. Right? That's your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So, and then um, you mentioned as well too that you kind of had this fear of self-promotion, I guess, in the beginning, and now you're kind of getting. What are some things that have helped you uh, get over that sort of fear of self-promotion? I, I remember in your book you were you talked about that a little bit. Yeah, I'm still not really over it. <laughs> it's like work in progress. <laughs> it is a work in progress. Yeah. No, I tried. I tried. Oh my gosh. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we were having lunch with somebody I didn't know before, previously. We had just met him, and I was with uh, a couple of good friends of mine, Tom, of course, from Canadian Finance Blog, and Steve Chu from My Wife Quit Her Job, and we were with this kind of new acquaintance to me and we were standing in line and talking. I didn't know him very well, this, this new guy. I didn't know him at all. And I was talking to him and he was like, oh, well, do you know so-and-so? And I was just like, and I said, I'm not even going to say what I said because it's so embarrassing. But, uh, you know, Steve was looking at me because Steve and Tom have both both really been big on saying, Miranda, you need to promote yourself more. You need to hype yourself up a little bit more. Right. You, you know, they're like, you don't need to be like overbearing or whatever, but you just, you do, you need to own, own your awesome right. a little bit more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome quote, by the way. Own your awesome. I like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so, so Steve's looking at me like, what's she going to say? <laughs> <laughs> so I said just something awful and it was kind of, it was kind of tongue in cheek, but it was also kind of just like. This really sort of brag kind of thing. And I'm just like, Uh and then I just turn bright red. I get my face (laughs) heating up and I'm like, I am not, I will not be bragging about myself anytime soon for a long time. (laughs) It was just, it was just terrible. My my attempts to be like, yeah, I'm awesome are really sad. (laughs) and, And they always come off just wrong. I'm a little socially awkward. So... So, you know, you combine the social awkwardness with this, like, desire to try and, and then you, and then in the back of your mind, you have this crippling fear that you're going too far. And so you have all of this mixing together. So, no, I still have, I still have problems with that self-promotion thing, but I'm getting a little bit better about it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sort of a baby step thing where I'm like, where if I've written something that I know I think will really help somebody that's something I pick and say, hey, this is really useful, and I wrote this, and I think it could help you. And I, you know, I'm better about saying that, mm-hmm. saying this is a useful thing. Right. And it's right. sort of baby stepping, which, you know, which is a big step for me because in the past I would have been just like, you know, put, I, I would have been just put it on Twitter or put it on Facebook and not had any sort of comment with it. Oh, okay. And, you know, I would have just kind of quietly put it up there and gone away. And and now I'm like, no, now I'm like, this is this thing that I wrote that is useful and helpful and you should go see it. So, okay. so I'm sort of baby stepping that way. I still have mm-hmm. a hard time. And occasionally, and occasionally I'll even email somebody and be like, I need your help promoting this. Would you mind tweeting this for me? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I've started doing that a little bit. Right, right. I am nowhere near the level of other people who are just like, who seem... Who, who seem to be able to just be like, hey, I've got this new thing going. I'm going to email 50 of my closest friends and ask right, for them, right. for, ask for their help. I can't do that still. <laughs> I still have a hard time with that. So I can't help you there. <laughs> all, I can say is, all I can say is baby step and sort of learn to say, learn to recognize that, yes, you do have something to offer and then start mm-hmm. trying to just offer that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then are, are there any other uh, challenges that you see a lot of aspiring Full-time writers 
uh, cross or, or common mistakes that you see other basically they're trying to hit the level you're at and, and you just sort of see them hit these challenges or make certain mistakes. Is there anything like that to help hopefully help maybe prevent some of the pain people go through <laughs> in their in the rise to the top? <laughs> well uh, honestly, to tell the truth from my perspective, I always go back to the uh, Princess Bride quote, Life is pain. Highness, anyone who tells you different is selling something. Um, <laughs> I just, you, you, I would love to say there's this magical thing where you don't have to go through this painful, horrible process. But the truth is, uh, I recognize that I came into this online writing thing at a very good time. I came in when there weren't very many people doing this professionally, and I came in before it was big news, right? Mm -hmm. Like right now, it's crowded. The whole place is crowded with people who want to be writers and right. do this online because it's great. I mean, it is. It's, it's, you can be location independent. You can, you know, do all this stuff. And so, and there's still plenty of jobs for everyone. You know, I I try and, you know, and I I don't view other writers as like competition. And I think that's probably the first thing you need to do is say, you know, we're all in this together. And I do. I like I have a long list of of other writers who when I turn down a job or if I don't have room for it or something like that, when I turn down a job, I can say I can go to this list and I can say, oh, so and so is at the top of the like I rotate the list. You know, it's like this. Rotation. OK, yeah. I'm like so and so is at the top of the list. So I will recommend them for this job. Okay. And so I think part of it is you really do have to realize that you're all in it together. And, you know, there's this sort of uh, there's this, this sort of um, inclination to say, oh, well, we're all competing. Cause it, and it is. The, the online world is a little weird in that, yes, you are kind of competing because, you know, you're all applying for the same jobs, right? You all went to the job, the pro blogger job board, and you're all applying for the same job. But at the same time, you do need to help each other, and you need to work with each other and promote each other's stuff. You know, I, I promote other writers' things. I, uh, you know, I like I said, I recommend them. I've had several different writers, you know, thank me for helping them, you know, find gigs and all that kind of stuff. So I think one of the best things you can do is just you know, build those relationships and kind of realize that we're all in this together and sort of try and help each other. And, right. and, that, and then you're learning from each other too. That, right. That all, yeah. yeah. And you, and you just, I, it, I don't know. I, it, and a lot of it is just, you just have to hang in there. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, they talk about those, the novelist, right? The novelist who slaves and slaves and slaves for years and years before they finally get their bestseller or whatever. And it's the same thing in the online freelance writing world. You just you do crappy jobs that you hate doing for a few years. You know, I didn't like writing keyword articles about window treatments for two years. That was not work that I enjoyed doing. It was not high-minded writing that I liked to do, but it paid the bills. And that's the thing is you need to decide, well, am I going to just do this and pay the bills right now and go for it? In which case, you sign up for those you know, you sign up for text broker or you sign up for writer access or you sign up for demand media and you do those things, right? Just so that you can get your paycheck. And then on the side, on your own blog, you build up your own reputation on the side. Mm -hmm. Or if you're like, well, I want to make it as a freelance writer writing all these high minded things. Then you're like, well, then I keep my regular job and do this as a side gig until I've built that reputation. So you have to decide right. which path you're going to take. 
And since I decided, well, I'm going to be a freelancer and I'm going to work from home and I'm going to make this work, I did. I wrote keyword articles about window treatments and hardwood flooring and plumbing for years. <laughs> to pay the I, I, just, I just saw your eyes light up when you said plumbing. That must have really been <laughs> exciting for you. Yeah. Miranda's secret passion. Plumbing. Everyone. But that's the thing. So, she goes to Home Depot every week. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so you just have to stick with it. If this is what you want to do, then you stick with it. You either do the crappy jobs so that you can get paid while you're doing this other stuff on the side and building up your reputation so you can eventually write what you want to write. Or you have a real job and you write what you want to write until you get to that point where you can pay the bills. Right. But it all comes down to the same thing. If you want to make your living as a freelance writer writing things that you like writing, you have to do some something somewhere. You're doing something crappy to pay the bills. You're either writing content that you don't want to write or you've got a real job. Right. I'm sorry. That's that's just, you know. That's the reality. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry I'm not giving you your follow your bliss whatever thing <laughs> i'm too old for that i guess i'm, I'm a jaded gen xer <laughs> well you know, it's uh it's realistic right as opposed to oh i'm going to quit my job tomorrow and write a subject that i love that no one's really paying money sure. to write about i'm gonna anyway. i'm gonna write about, i'm gonna do what i love and the money's gonna follow me no no it right. probably won't you're, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do something you hate while you build up the thing that you love and eventually the thing that you love will pay you Mm-hmm. But it doesn't yeah, so just happen. So hopefully you, you like your, your job. Yeah. You, uh, and then on the side, you can write about your passion or whatever it is you want. Uh, or take sort of the Miranda approach where you say, okay, let's go all in right. as a freelance writer and let's let's do it. And sure, I won't like some of the jobs, but you know, I'm building a portfolio. I'm building an experience. I'm building contacts within the different industries, right? So there's advantages and disadvantages each. Picture. That's right. Just now when you were answering, you mentioned some places that you can go to find work, to find different gigs. Can you list some of the more popular ones and also maybe make some recommendations uh, of the places you'd recommend people start if they're looking to get into this? Right, yeah. So one of the my, – my favorite places to go are like the ProBlogger job board. That's ProBlogger.net, and they have a job board. I like MediaBistro.com. I like FreelanceWritingGigs.com. And then 1099mom.com also uh, puts together regular lists of jobs that you can apply for. So these are good places to start looking for jobs you can apply for. If you are looking to start producing content, there are sites, they're, they're called text brokers. So basically they're, they're these just huge, they're kind of like warehouses, right, for articles where, where they just have these articles that they need written and they provide content to various sites. And so some of those are, it's, there's one of them called textbroker.com. There is writeraccess.com. And there's contentrunner.com. And these sites don't pay very well, but you can usually get a lot of work because the demand is there. Uh, some sites like Textbroker and Writer Access administer a test to you. And so if you, you take this writing test and if they put you in the higher tier, then you can get paid more. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then finally, hmm. finally, there are also other content production platforms that are higher tier. They're higher end. There's a lot of vetting that goes involved, involved with these because they're higher paying. Uh, Contently.com and Skyward.com are two uh, content creation platforms that come with higher, higher paying jobs. 
but a lot of the time you're going to be vetted ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So you kind of like with contently, especially they'll look at your portfolio and people will come and look and, and kind of offer you jobs. So it's nice to be on those sites, but mm-hmm. you may not get work through them. Gotcha. Okay. No, that, that's a great tip. And uh, even if you're not a writer, I could see that being useful because if you want someone to write something for you, perhaps, oh, yeah. um, then, then that's a good spot to go and try to find people that write within your, your niche or specialty because maybe they want to promote themselves a bit and write a, a guest post for you or you pay them to write uh, certain articles as well. So yeah, and, um, oh, that's great. And I didn't mention, I mean, I know there are freelance bidding marketplaces. All right. Yep. I hate them. So that's why I didn't mention them. <laughs> out of sheer hatred <laughs> I, I did it like I did like I don't know maybe two two or three articles on one of those bidding yeah. sites and I hate them because basically you're basically you're lowballing yourself right. right you're you're it's like a race to the bottom for pay and then on top of that a cut of what you're making which is nothing goes you know practically nothing is peanuts goes to the the freelance marketplace I, I hate the freelance marketplaces. I know lots of people do very well off of them and that's cool you know <laughs> If the freelance writer marketplace is your bag and you do fine off of it, that's great. But I would go to a text broker website before I went to a freelance marketplace. And speaking of your book, can you tell us more about where we can find it as well as where listeners can learn more from you? Yeah, so my book is called Confessions of a Professional Blogger. It's available on Amazon. You can get it in paperback or it's available on Kindle. So uh, just go to Amazon and look for it. And it's basically... It's just a really quick read. It's really pretty short. It's like 100 pages. And it's just a basic handbook on how to get started freelance writing. And it's just a very realistic, practical way that almost anyone can get started. And there's nothing glamorous. There's nothing fantastic. This is not a here's how to build your money-making website. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is just how, practically speaking, you can start as a freelance writer. It's just a very, it's just, it's just kind of a handbook that says, here you go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I mean, I've had people be like, oh, well, I wanted to know how to make money quickly and be glamorous. And I'm like, no, this is not the book for you. <laughs> this is not a book about, you know, how to be famous and glamorous and start your lifestyle business. <laughs> this, is, right. this is just the nitty gritty reality of what it's yeah. like. And then, um, and then I blog on MirandaMarkwit.com. I blog about freelance writing and how you can become a freelance writer. And I talk about different issues. Sometimes I rant. I'm told that my rants are amusing. So, (laughs) so sometimes I rant about things that bother me. So head on over there and you can learn about how I feel about PR people. So, and then that's a really popular article. I was checking out your top uh, post and that one one went up there. Everybody loves that. Yeah. Everybody loves that (laughs) rant about PR people. So, so yeah, check that out. And then if you want to get my take on money, I write at plantingmoneyseeds.com. And of course, we have to plug our show, moneymastermindshow.com, live every Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Good stuff. <laughs> For someone that doesn't uh, like promoting all that much, I think you did a really good job. Well, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying. Right? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the grand experiment right here. <laughs> And uh, yeah, thanks so much for for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. All right, bye, Miranda. Bye-bye. 
All right, so I hope you enjoyed the interview with Miranda. Once again, her book is called Confessions of a Professional Blogger. You know, I definitely enjoyed it. It's definitely kind of a good uh, dose of reality, I think, for anybody aspiring to sort of go into that just so that you know what you're getting into. You know, and Miranda definitely has a lot of years of experience when it comes to that. Also, like I mentioned before, the guides are finally fully completed. They're all ready to go. Uh, basically, the whole course, the, the step-by-step video course on how to start your own side business in Canada is done as well as how to build your own site here in Canada as well. So those guys are fully available to you. Like I said, they're totally free. You don't even have to give me your email or anything like that. You know, feel free to check them out. I try to make them as high quality as, as possible. It's uh, buildwithcanada.ca slash business if you want to learn how to start kind of a side hustle or you know business on the side here in Canada. Or if you just want to learn how to build a website, you know, maybe you're kind of an aspiring freelancer or blogger or online entrepreneur, or maybe you're just, you know, you're a contractor, you want to have your own site, or maybe, you know, you're an employee and, you know, maybe you want to look for a job elsewhere and you think that a website will give, if you have a website showing off your portfolio, that that, you know, could really help you out as well. So, you know, you can use kind of the skills covered in that course for anything like that. And the URL for that is buildwealthcanada.ca slash build. All right. So have a wonderful week and I will be in touch with you soon. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Build Wealth Canada podcast at www.buildwealthcanada.ca.